Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I am your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, uh, you're going to get to hear uh, Johnny Fiari. Uh, he's one of the original visionaries of Good Guys Heating and Air in Indianapolis and their, their uh, going national brand, Techni, Techni Home Services. Johnny is one of the more insightful visionaries I've met in the air conditioning business. He has a very elastic mind. Uh, you're going to get some great thoughts from him today. And like many of our guests, he started out as a tech, just like you. Okay, let's get started. All right, everybody. Uh, Johnny Fiari is with me today uh, on HVAC Joy Lab. Uh, he is one of the founders of Good Guys Heating and Air in Indianapolis and Techni Home Services, uh, which is the same company, but outside of the state of Indiana. Um, it's a very interesting story and has a very interesting perspective on what makes a great life for a technician. So, Johnny, let me jump in and ask you the question I ask everybody. Uh, let us get to know you by telling us what is your superpower and what is your origin story? Mm. Well, as I say, a superpower, um, it's using the right resources, right? I mean, one of the key reasons why I think people fail or um, get misdirected is they, we, we all know what are the right things we got to do. And for example, losing weight, we know we gotta eat right, exercise, get your heart rate up, all that other stuff. Uh, but you know, when it comes to running a service call and, or running an HVAC business, uh, part of that is knowing how, what resources to utilize and how to utilize those resources. So resource utilization is probably my superpower, being able to see exactly, I guess, uh, hey, how can I make this work here? and and make things coexist uh, yeah. um, together. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And so then, and then tell us, your, tell us a story of you and air conditioning. How did, how did you come to this point? <sighs> when I was in seventh, eighth grade, maybe ninth grade, I just sat in high school and I just knew I want to work out the furnaces <laughs> when I get older. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, honestly, I, I never, um, seeing myself in the trades, uh, you know, I wanted to play baseball when I was in high school. Um, I think as a lot of people do, you got different dreams. Uh, went off, did some other things, did some small business management, economy crashed. And uh, at one point, 
my ex-father-in-law asked, hey, you want to get in the HVAC business? I said, no, nah, I'm okay. I keep doing what I was doing. I was helping uh, smaller companies run some marketing and business you know, uh, operations. And uh kind of kept getting tougher and tougher. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I think he saw the stress that I was under at that point. And he asked me again. And I said, eh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And uh, he gave me, he brought me into the company uh, that I later left. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he didn't really, when he said, hey, you're going to get in this, you got to be committed. You can't get halfway in half. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And uh, got into it. And I just fell in love with the industry, right? You know, when you go in a customer's home, like it's, right, when we talk about what's a great life for a technician, I mean, this was an ideal job for me that I just had no clue, right? Because, you know, for me, you know, when you think about living a great life, you want to be happy and you want to, you know, positively impact the people you come, come across every day. Well, one of the things that, you do it as a technician is two, three, four, five times a day. How many other customers you see in a day you get to go knock on the door, step back, bond and rapport, learn something new about somebody. Um, take, you know, take them from, Oh my God, how am I going to fix this to, uh, Hey, we got you up and running. You're going to be good to go. You know, you get that endorphin rush from making that repair. Uh, I fell in love in the industry. Uh, like I said, I, I never sat in high school or anything and said, hey, I, I just want to do this when I get older. Um, you know, when I got into it, I fell in love with it and I went full, full on board. Um, there is some things about the industry that makes it tough, right? And uh, so that's sort of what we, with Technique by Good Guys Home Services, that's what we sort of focused on in the past is everything that, I didn't like about the industry as a technician. How do I change that, right? And uh, that's what we uh, we sort of made our motto is create a place we can go to work at and be happy people. So, uh, yep. but being a technician in general, you know, it is an idea job for a lot of people because, you know, you get that endorphin rush every time you take somebody from not, not cooling to air conditioning or not heating to, you know, the house is starting to warm up pretty big deal uh -huh. uh, but so i sort of fell into the industry by accident and just loved it and you know proud to be part of it yeah you know for the audience's sake uh johnny and i have known each other for a little while and we do some work together too and our relationship was kicked off around a conversation of the central uh thing that air conditioning companies should be paying attention to as technicians a good tech is a lot harder to find than a customer and they're the value of a, of a happy technician is enormous. And uh, so it's really what kicked off our first conversation. Cause you kind of said yeah. that. And then I kind of said that and I'm like, I thought I was the only one saying that. And then you kind of said, I thought I was the only one saying that. And, yeah. and I can say clearly that um, the company that Johnny founded truly was founded to create an atmosphere for technicians to thrive i mean point yeah. blank full stop and yeah i think that you know, it also have to keep in mind like they always say oh you're not going to make everybody happy and you know i'd like to accept that challenge and say yeah yes you can um, but you just got to take different approaches right so like you know i'm a football fan 
I'm a Bengals fan, but live in Indianapolis, so we'll use the Colts, for example. Right? If I got a set of Colts tickets and I say, hey, you know, you love the Colts, here's two tickets, and I give that same gesture to somebody that doesn't even like football, right? It's the same gesture, but I'm going to get two totally different responses. Yep. And I think that's important to think about uh, from generational tech technicians, people getting in at different age groups. Like you have to adapt your business and to really just like, hey, how do you make this particular pocket of people happy and this particular pocket of people happy? You're going to have your guys that they're going to say, man, I love overtime. I want to work as much overtime as possible or whatever the case is, right? And then you're going to have guys, you know, hey, I want to do my 38, 40 hours. I want to be home. I want to be able to coach baseball, coach football, whatever with the kids, you know, whatever their case is, like you have to adapt your, your, your business, I think, in the future to what do people want, right? What, what's going to make them happy? Yeah, I would say for – if if this this podcast is really for technicians, but if owners and or employers, service managers are listening on both sides, I would say that a thriving tech tech begins that that process begins with finding a way for the technician to feel like they're making choices. They have options. They're choosing to do some things because mm -hmm. the normal course of life in a home service context, at least, mm -hmm. um, is the the technician is in a constant state of responding so yeah. they probably got into into the kind of fell into the industry to start with yeah. and now every day they get sent here and there if it's in the hot season they don't know when the end of the day is going to be they may not even know when the last service call is going to be and yeah. then they find their way into a relationship that you know and then they find they have a couple kids and pretty soon they look around and they say i'm locked in i'm stuck i uh you know once you've in a traditional model, once you've been a, a service tech for seven, eight, nine years, unless you become a service manager, you've kind of gone as high as you're going to go in that company. And yeah. it's, it's, it's very challenging for a technician to uh, kind of embrace choice and embrace an on purpose thriving life. And then, yeah. so it's kind of the, it's the, the employer's role to find a way to offer that, but it's then the technician's role to activate it because in this, in my work with technicians, the number one challenge that I see is that when technicians aren't used to having it. So if they get it, they don't know what to do with it. They're like, what they, they're just so happy to not be pushed around anymore. They kind of just kind of get stuck in that space and they don't realize go build a life for yourself, you know? go build yeah. something. Yeah, that's a, right. So I guess the, you know, it was kind of swing back and forth, right? Right. You know, you know, I know for me, I'll speak from my experience, right? You're going through life and then you're just, you got, you feel like you're making motion, right? And if there's unhappiness somewhere along that line, you know, you need to really evaluate that one life you get to live if you just keep going this way, right? Because yep. sometimes you got to just say, I need a new pendulum, right? So I can't just keep focus on this. And this, you know, we had a, you know, years ago, <clears throat> excuse me. There was a, one of, probably one of the best technicians in the state of Indiana now. You know, I trained him when he first came into the company, came into business. Uh, he rode with me. We went over how to sell maintenance plans and not everything else that we're supposed to do. 
he's like six months in younger guy came to me says you know i think i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go work at the carrier factory so what like you're 10 times smarter than me what what the hell are you gonna go work at the carrier factory for and do the same redundant job every day and he was like man they they always they're harping on me for my kpis my maintenance agreements and like i just i want to fix things like that's you know and i'm like but yeah, I took him in at the time, said, took him to the service manager and said, hey, let this guy know that not to worry about anything. Because, you know, we, me and the service manager at the time had a good relationship. One of the things that we, uh, he would always talk about is focus on being the best technician you can be. The right. money's going to follow. Right. right. And, you know, we both had that conversation and had to block out some of the stuff. And I think our industry itself because we do have so many different sales training things coming on. A lot of guys that truly want to go fix things and take care of customers, right? They get pushed out of the industry because, you know, you're out of company and they're like, Hey, you still don't appreciate what you're doing because, Hey, you didn't sell an air purifier that week. And, or you're not the highest sales average ticket, whatever, but it doesn't make you a bad technician. Right. Right. And once you realize, okay, I focus on being the best technician, money comes, right? Because there's a shortage of technicians. Our value in the industry, this is going to continue to rise. Like there's, that's right. you know, there's not a lot of people who's going to get addicts, crawl spaces, go into people's homes, you know, and talk to strangers every day. There's not a ton of people that's going to go do this because everybody wants to send whether keyboard warriors, right? They all want to go work at Amazon and, um, you know, in uh, computer software or something. Right. And so I think it's important, like as a technician, yeah, and I say that because, you know, sometimes we always wonder, like, what comes first, happiness or success? Mm. And, you know, you get a lot of people that will blame a company, right? If, if I'm a technician, it's like, oh, I'm miserable here. I got too much on call. I got overtime, whatever the case is, right? Sometimes you're on happiness, you're wanting to blame the employer, right? You're wanting to blame the owner, right? For whatever reason. And the way I see, you know, what comes first, happiness and success is happiness, right? Yeah. Happiness is going to make you more productive. It's going to make you more efficient. It's going to make you low in front of people. Versus if you're the, the person that's struggling with real life stuff, you know, and you're unhappy and disgruntled and stuff like that, like, you know, you become an energy sucker, right? You're that vampire that's just sucking energy from people. And, you know, you're not going to thrive, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of it, you know, even when you talk about raising kids, it starts at home, right? Mm -hmm. Is this pendulum going the right way? Am I in the right career or am I on the right path, right? And make sure you're focusing on what's going to make you happy and readjust if you have to. And if that means right. getting out of the industry, you get out of the industry. But, you know, make sure you're truly looking at it with open eyes and not blaming, oh, you know, it's, you know, you choose HVAC. When it's hot, you're going to go to work. And when it's cold, you're going to go to work. That's just the reality of our business. We're going to go help people. You know, and if you're a person says, well, I don't want to work in the heat. Well, you probably shouldn't be in HVAC. <laughs> you know? Get a uh, controls job. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there's plenty of other opportunities. Yeah. And when I say... You know, if you're in the field and you think, oh, I want to do this, this, and this, like, take the time and go get better at it. 
right? Like you mentioned controls, right? Yeah. If you don't want to do the field and you want to get into commercial and go into controls and stuff, okay, what are you doing in the off season right. to, to get better for that, right? right. There's a, uh, I'm going to save the analogy here because it's not actually the best analogy to use, but sometimes when people make more money or they get a raise, they naturally think they get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, is, you know, they're, what have you done? Yeah, yes, you've gotten a raise and you're making more money, but you also have to say, if I want to do something else, what am I doing to make sure I get there? Right. Yeah. Am I listening to podcasts and learning? Am I watching videos? You know, what's my TikTok full full of, right? Is my TikTok mm-hmm. full of HVAC tips and tricks or you know, the greatest and latest automobiles? Not that you can't have hobbies and stuff, but if you really want to proceed with a career like it's a career like and sometimes people will look at it as a job or it's a career you know when I dove in full full fledged on it it was like this is a career you know it's not a job this isn't something I'm just gonna right you know walk away from in two weeks and go find something else and learn how to do that and then leave that in a year like this is a career and once you make that your career you know anybody with a successful career is going to tell you you know, 40 hours a week ain't enough, right? If you're yeah. going to be at the top level, you're going to be, you know, you need to put in that five, 10 hour, extra hours when nobody else is doing it to become yep. better. That's right. We love, right. we love watching sports and we can talk about how great this quarterback is or running back or pitcher, you know, but, you know, Emmitt Smith was probably one of the greatest running backs I love watching, right? And, you know, he always had, you know, it's what you do in the off season that helps you go further during the regular season. You know, we have to treat our career the same way, right? Always be practicing, getting better, you know, and that might be from customer service to technical. Um, And I think once people grab on that that side of things, don't always blame the outside sources because it really starts within you, right? And making Mm -hmm. sure, okay, what can I do um, to live a better life? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you, um, because I have had multiple clients over the years, one of the things that has been true, you know, residential, commercial, industrial, uh, across the board, the technician's career path uh, is always driven by the quality of their customer service. The the technical stuff will come, Um, But this is a common mistake that I see technicians make, which is they think if they have more technical knowledge, that's the pathway. And so, for example, in a commercial context, the guys who aren't working on chillers want a chance to work on a chiller or if the and they don't realize that the guy who gets all of the new opportunities is the guy where the customers call the company and they say, will you always send that guy back? Yeah, We, we love Jimmy. We want, we want to, we want Jimmy coming back every time. That's the guy who's going to get to work on a chiller. And, yeah. and they, they miss the idea that uh, if I just, and, and, and this is much more in the, the normal technicians grasp than they realize. If you yeah. are like a, just a freaking all-star on customer service, the world will open up to you. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the, so what we talk about is we call it telling our story. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're in a customer's home or you're at a business location, at some point during that visit, you have to figure out a way to tell your story. And 
we can gauge if somebody's telling a story or not because in the reviews it'll say Johnny did great. John Shirk is awesome. He's probably the best I've ever had, blah, blah, blah. Not because they said, hey, technique or good guys did a great job for me, right? When they're mentioning the technician's name, that technician told their story. And I mean, it's it's easy, right? And every story is going to adapt to your, your homeowner. But one of the things I used to do, like when I was, you know, if I was, you know, I did only did residential. I didn't do much commercial. I did some light commercial. But if I was doing res residential out on maintenance, I'd try to go get the homeowner, bring them out, show them, hey, this is everything. I got to get this cleaned up. And I'd start spraying off the, the condenser. And I'd always ask, you know, I'd get the question all the time. And if I didn't get it, I would um, try to prompt it some way. Like, hey, you know, should I spray that off? You know, during, you know, when I'm out here, obviously I let them know if you're comfortable and safety and everything. Um, but I would jump right in, you know, when I was a kid, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, you know, I'd be spraying, you know, watering plants, tomatoes, you know, green peppers, whatever the case is. My, my mother would always have me watering the flowers and everything at night. And then every now and then she'd tell me spray off the air conditioning. And I looked at her and then eventually I asked her, I said, why am I watering the air conditioner? Like it doesn't <laughs> give us any, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't give us any food. Like mm -hmm. I just didn't understand it. And I, you know, I, you know, she looked at me, she says, I don't know. I think it makes it run better. Fuck, mom was right. I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until we got, you know, down the road and, you know, into the HVAC industry, I was like, wow, mom was right. You know, and when I tell a homeowner, you know, especially if it's the lady of the house, that particular story, right? You know, they identify, okay, this is a son. He loves his mother, right? He knows mom's right. Right. And she's a mother. She identifies with that instantly or grandma, whatever, you know, and you adapt your story with whatever, you know, the person you're talking to, obviously. Mm -hmm. But at that point, when I left that house, she she remembers something personal about me versus every other technician that ever walked in that door and just did the did the tune up, did it say, hey, here's sign here. Thank you. Or, hey, it's time to renew your maintenance plan, whatever. Right. Now she had a piece of me. And we were on a total different level. And it wasn't because I was this super bubbly guy or whatever walking in, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it was because we shared a human experience. And yeah. at the end of the day, when we're sharing a human experience, that's what real bonding looks like. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, so I think when you're telling your story, making sure homeowners are, you know, recognizing, Hey, I'm human, right. I got to, a daughter, she's trying to figure out life, she's going to go to college, whatever the case is, you know, whatever you can do to humanize yourself to that customer, you know, customer experience isn't just boot covers and um, face mask or whatever you're going to wear, you know, customer right. service is like really, truly making yourself human to that person. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I challenge everybody, you know, tell your story, figure out a way to tell your story, you know, and if you got somebody super busy, sometimes in a commercial atmosphere, it's tough. You know, you get 38 seconds with them. How do you tell a story of 38 seconds, right? How do you let them know that you're human and, you know, let them know that you still got another busy day. You identify with their busyness schedule, whatever the case is to make you somewhat relatable to that person. And I guarantee you that I'll give you another 60 or 90 seconds to talk. And, yep. Um, that's right. you know, and those are the people that, you know, 
when customers are requesting, hey, they want this person only back and um, whatever, um, making sure that this is the technician on my job, you know, if it's commercial, you know, those are the technicians that really thrive. And That's right. It's not the ones that go in and just, they can do all the mechanical stuff, but they, they can't talk to the homeowner. You know, it, it's going to be tough for them to um, really create that bond and rapport. Yeah, I'll tell you, all of the really all-star customer service uh, that I've seen, technicians are making a relationship happen. Yeah. It's not it's not just transactional. And mm-hmm. that's how, like, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a technician, you're working for XYZ Home Service, um, just the way to get started sort of in, in terms of the mental part of it, the paradigm part of it, just imagine that you're becoming their home service consultant. Give them your phone number, know their name. Uh, If you can keep in touch with them, tell them if you have any issues around the house, you're like, you know, this is, this is plumbing, not air conditioning. It's okay. You can call me and they'll, they'll rarely call you, but they'll know you. And as you do that, it, it will help the company that you work for. If you decide to go out on your own, you have already got a small army of customers in the wings, whatever the, whatever that needs to look like, but you're creating a crowd. You're creating a group of people who look to you like they would look to a doctor or a dentist for technical expertise. And that, Uh, that level of customer service is life-changing. Yeah. You're creating a fan. Yeah. When you create that fan, it's just like, you know, you know, you grow up in a house and, you know, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, He's a huge bears fan. Right. Well, they don't live in Chicago, but his son is a huge Bears fan also, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because he was such a fan of the Bears, you know, his son is now such a fan of the Bears. And that's when you create a fan of your service and what you do and what you offer, and a neighbor needs something, who are they going to, they're like, hey, that's right. call John, right? And that's right. when, if they don't use me, you know, that neighbor is going to be pushing like, Hey, you didn't call Johnny. Why didn't you use him? You know, whatever the case, or mm-hmm. if they did, if they, if I give them a quote for a replacement and that, that customer says, you know, comes over, Hey, did you get Johnny to do that HVAC system? They don't even mention the company's name. Did you get Johnny to do it? Right. And they're talking to you specifically about that, but then you don't even have to sell it. The neighbor's selling it for you. And That's it's only right. because, you know, you planted the seeds early and eventually it'll harvest, right? And that's what yep. you're doing with customers. You're planting seeds, letting them know, hey, you're there and truly want to help them, right? Even if it's, you know, most guys that are mechanical, guys and girls are mechanical, you know, we may not be a plumber, but we have a pretty good idea on, oh yeah, definitely need a professional that's going to take permits or uh, yeah, that's going to be an expensive job. So they may call you and say, hey, I got this plumbing issue, you know, if your company doesn't provide it, then obviously, you know, you, you may not refer your plumbers, but if somebody comes out and they're telling them to customer something that's not right. I mean, I can't say how many times we get phone calls all the time where customers say, you know, there's rust on the evap cool. They say I should replace it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, once, uh, once that customer calls you with something out of the blue for plumbing or whatever the case is, you could literally say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You can just be a consultant. And yes, it's a little bit of free consultant. But again, if they're a fan, 
you know, it's signing an autograph when you're walking down the street, right? Yeah. That's all it is. You know, yes, you're giving a little bit of knowledge away, but you're helping your customer and stop. I, I think the other side of things we get all, all the time is like, okay, we we want money from our customers, right? We want money from customers mm-hmm. they are going to pay us. At, at, but that's just a transition for your service, right? And if you stop looking at it as transactional, look at it more relationship-based, yep. you know, you're going to build better bonds with your customers over time, right? They're going to be able to, you know, hey, how's Faith doing, right? They're going to ask about your kid. And you're like, crap, I can't remember their kid's name or whatever the case is, right? right? You know, there's tips and tricks to try to remember all that stuff. But, you know, when you have that relationship with a customer, hands down, like, you know, anything you offer them, they're going to buy because you dated them, right? And, you know, and eventually you got married. Maybe the first one was a a first date and then you come back the second time and they really like you. From there on, you know, you're engaged, I guess. I don't want to call you married, but, you know, you have that relationship with a customer. You didn't walk in the door and try to sell them everything just to get that transaction so you get your average ticket up. You went in, you built a relationship, you plant your seeds, and then you harvest. Yep, that's right. You know, stop trying to just bust through the door like the Kool-Aid man and say, hey, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you need all new ductwork and air purifier and this and everything. And I know it's our fair state, but, you know, you should buy everything. You know, build that yeah. relationship, build value. And, you know, an educated customer is going to be able to make an educated decision. You know, if you got to, you know, if you got a customer that's not educated, that's where they end up with buyer's remorse. And then they're, they're talking about you on Facebook. Oh my God, I overpaid for this or whatever. Yep. If you're not taking the time to share your knowledge with the customer and let them make, help them make an educated decision, like you're just taking advantage of people. And you know, that's short lived. Nobody's going to, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to feel good when you go to bed at night. Yeah. And it, it, to some degree, what we're talking about, I'll, I'll put another frame around it. It's the difference between uh, an amateur and a professional. I mean, the, the, uh, this is what a pro does. They build a network. And yeah. it's the same kind of thing that would be true at a, at a supply house or other vendors. You know, the whole for you as a technician, the whole circle of people around you, you know, it's easy and this will be true for anybody in any career path really but we're talking about technicians it's very easy to only care about what's right in front of you and not realize there's a flow of work happening and somebody's touching it before you and someone's touching it after you and what a professional does is own the ultimate outcome in this case it's a happy customer and the the path to get there might be a fifteen thousand dollar change out or it might be you know a two dollar battery for a thermostat, yeah. but but the, there's a movement there. There's a path there, and as a technician, you know you should prioritize. And this is this is where what do I do with myself in the off season? Go build relationships. Go yeah. go grow your network, and make sure that you have a degree of influence with anybody who touches your work, so that you are influencing the whole package, not just what's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. It, yeah, and I would say networking with other technicians. Right? Yeah. And yeah, you can be a great technician, but if you go in and you're not talking to other technicians and you're not learning from them, like you're just selling yourself short. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just when you have a team, team around you, you know, utilize that team, you know, resource utilization, you know, how do yep. you, you know, 
you're not the best at geos. Well, who's the best at geos? Next time you're on a geo call, I want to be out there with you, right? Yeah. Same boil or whatever. You know, make sure you're working your way in and saying, hey, I want to spend some time with this person because I can learn from them. You know, it's it's exactly what you know. I mean, I'm a, I love sports, so when you watch professional athletes, that's what they do, right? In the off season, you know, if you were struggling with your batting average, you go see a batting coach, right? Where you go see, you know, a mental, you know, somebody to help you mentally prepare or a mental coach to say, hey, how do I get out of my head and get my batting average back up? Right? Yep. Work your network, right? There's tons of people around us. That sometimes we just sell ourselves short and say, oh, they're probably too busy. They don't want to talk to me, right? Yeah. Most of the time, you know, my ex-father-in-law, we have a great relationship and always will. You know, one of the things he he told me, like, you know, and he worked in industry for years, from like 18 to 60, I guess, uh, mm. long time. And, you know, he said it was crazy because all this time you, you've accumulated all this knowledge, right? And you got, you know, you're at the top of it, you know it, and then retirement comes and what do you do with it, right? It just sits there, right? And mm -hmm. then you start looking, like, you know, these people that have it, that have been around, my greatest thing, like when you go in a customer's house and you have that, you know, that older person that hasn't seen anybody in a couple of days and they want to talk and share stories, those are my favorite customers because I learned so much from the people because they live the life and they figured out what makes them happy, you know, and you can see if they're miserable, then you can figure out, hey, I don't want to make that mistake. I don't want to be this grumpy person, but yeah. they have a wealth of knowledge because you can only learn so much in time, right? And that's, mm -hmm. we need that time to learn. They have all this knowledge and they have nothing to do with it. Take their brains, ask them, right? Yeah. You know, one of our, one of the biggest, you know, wealthiest people I've ever met in a customer's home, um, extremely wealthy, right? I mean, ungodly, you know, you think about, you know, on some of the boards of some of the fortune 500 companies and you know, you're able, you're in that person's home and you're able to get that person talking and you can get 30 minutes of conversation or 50 minutes. Oh, you, you know, cut this batch out, cut everybody out because this guy has got a wealth of knowledge. I love business. You know, and that's where you, know, you get him talking and you're there with no motive to sell him anything or anything else. They will teach you so much in that 30, 45 minutes. You mm -hmm. have to take advantage of the people around you and just say, hey, who's got the knowledge? Where can I go get it? You know, it, you know when you're, you know, what I tell my kid, you know, she's 19, but when she's 15, 16, 17, even now, I say, you're as smart as you'll ever be because mm -hmm. you have it all figured out, right? That, <laughs> That's right. Right? <laughs> you got it all figured out. You know, it is until they reach that level of maturity that says, oh, I don't have it figured out. I need to learn more. Yeah. Right? And that that's what we sort of hope to see in our kids where they're going to come and ask for help. But as technicians in the field, we have to say, hey, we don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. What else can I learn? Right. And, and keep questioning. I think so when it comes back to being, hey, what, what's a great life for a technician? You know, somebody that takes it as a career is wanting to learn um and be the best that they can be right yeah. no matter what you do you're the best of what you can be and yep. you know and that i think that's what's going to make a great life for a technician is for them to just hey 
this is what I do for a living. I'm proud to do it. You know, if anywhere I'd be excited to tell people what I do for a living. And you know what? I'm going to be the very best that I can be. Right? And there's levels of that, right? You may be, some people will only get here on customer service, but they'll exceed here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it as a, as a company of, we all sit down like nights of a round table. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, a lot of, a lot of people always want to sit at the head of the table and have everybody on the side. Nights of a round table sat at a round table to show respect for each other, right? You may be a better jouster. I may be better with the sword, whatever the case is, but we sit at the same round table because we're equals right? and we want to learn from each other. And, uh, so, you know, just having that idea of everybody's an equal to you, you know, just get them to right. talk, get them to help and share you, share that information so you can get smarter and, and grow in the field. All right. Very good. Well, we're just about out of time. Um, I just was one last word, uh, Johnny. I just want to be on the record telling you how much I respect what you have accomplished with good guys and with Techni. It's, it's only still kind of the beginning. Um, but it is a rare thing for someone to choose to push against the status quo because they know there's something better and you took a risk, you made it. And and part of the reason I say you started a, a company that's super friendly to technicians, but you were solving your own problem first. I mean, you, you yeah. created a company to solve your own problem, which I think yeah. is the best version of that. Cause you know what you do works cause it worked for you. Yeah. And that I, I just, I just want to say that I have tremendous respect for what you've, you've accomplished up there. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know, the goal is to change 3000 lives. So uh, um, yeah, and it's, it's everybody, right. And it's, it's not me. It's everybody on our team. You know, it's, they show up, they, we, we do what say we're say we're going to do. It's, it's a team effort. Like there is, yeah, it, you know, you could say like, you know, you, at the end of the day, it comes down to the team of people you, you're building yourself around with. And for us, we like AV players. So, and, you know, those AV players just allow us to grow and scale and, and do what we're going to do. Um, and so, but I appreciate it. I mean, we, we work really hard, but at the same time, we're still trying to have fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, tell myself it's never not fun and we may find something else different to do but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we try to keep it enjoyable so keep it light. well very good well we're going to wrap it up for now but i just want to say thank you johnny thank you for taking the All time right. to for for me but also for our audience All right, no problem any questions reach out all right a good life is had at the hvac joy Hey,